What is up? How's it going, guys? Today is Sunday, February 5th, 2023, and it is a beautiful day. It is warm outside. The sun is shining, so it looks like it's going to be an awesome day. So if you want to take advantage of the weather, I would suggest to do it today. Go for a bike ride, a hike, do something, get out there, and excuse your beauty. Excuse my beauty. Okay, let's get into it. So today I wanted to talk about alcoholism and how the effects of overconsumption and drinking irresponsibly led me on a path of self-destruction and deterioration. But I also want to also uplift and give my audience uh, a firsthand encounter experience of how I was able to overcome that in my life. Um, first by starting a path of sobriety and knowing when it's a problem and everybody's probably like yeah you know I don't have a problem yeah you know I heard this story before and I'm not really here to tell you what you're doing wrong I'm not here to tell you or be in your business about what you're doing I'm just here to share my own experience and so being able to talk about it from my own experience does bring a cathartic process to how I'm able to cope and deal with it. So sharing my story is one of those ways. Um, and if it helps you, great. If not, you know, it's fine, whatever. I don't judge anybody for drinking or abstaining from alcohol. Um, your choice is your choice. I'm just here to share my story. Okay, so let's back up. I would say it's really going to be in tandem with the beginning of my childhood, but for the time span of context, I want to take it back to my first real relationship. And I think that is a good place to start because it'll make a little bit more sense. Um, so I would say in about 2008, 2009, I actually had my first drink of alcohol. I hadn't drink alcohol ever in my life. Not in high school. I just didn't drink alcohol. It just didn't wasn't something that appealed to me. And seeing it up close from a lot of family members who abused alcohol, it wasn't something that I was interested in initially. So when I left college and I got a real job, I remember I had my first drink and I was like, okay, I don't really feel anything. This tastes weird. I think it was like a, a Corona or something like that. One of those, you know, light lagers. And I was like, okay, well, this doesn't really bother me. I'm not really feeling any al alcoholic effects, but I hadn't tasted alcohol up to that point. So I was just like, well, I don't feel any different than, you know, being sober. So then a few months later, you know, I had another drink of alcohol and um, I lived and worked with a group of um, sea camp. I worked at a sea camp and these people, you know, we saw each other day in, day out, you know, at work, after work. And it was um, a, a summer camp during the summer and then during the years, an ac academic camp for the neighboring schools and the, uh, the school districts. They would come and we would show them and it was a sea camp. So I was like, okay, you know, these people drink. And I was, of course, the only Native American there. And I was like, okay, let me just try a drink. Let me just try this. Let me just try that. So I had like my first um, my first Bud Light, my first Budweiser, my first Corona, my first um, hard alcohol, which I have awful memories of being intoxicated from 
one of the worst drinks you could probably be intoxicated from, and that was Goldschlager. So it's like a cinnamon schnapps type of drink, and it's got the gold flakes in it, much similar to Fireball, but it's it's a type of liqueur, I believe. So it's not like a whiskey-based drink, which I don't know if Fireball is whiskey-based anymore. I think there's some something going on where it's like some sort of something else. Anyway, as I was drinking, I started noticing um, after I would drink, I would get these like splotches of hives on my, my abdomen, on the side of my rib cage, on my arms, on the back of my neck, on my scalp. Like I would get these patches of hives and I would just like, it would itch like crazy and it would start wilting up. And so I was like, what is going on? And then I started realizing, you know what? I'm allergic to alcohol. I'm not really like supposed to drink this apparently. But at that time I was like, well, I hadn't drank before and I just wanted to see what it was all about. And I just want to make sure that, you know, I have this experience in my life. So I was like, okay, whatever, I'll deal with it. So I continued to drink. And I continue to try and quote unquote make make friends, but I mean everyone's drinking, so it's like how really do, well do you get to know a person? You know you don't when you're drinking, or you do, and it's not the prettiest. I continue to drink, and I was like, okay, you know, um, everything will be fine. I don't have a drinking problem. And then you fast forward ten years later, and I end up going sober. Basically, um, I end up abstaining from alcohol completely. And I think 10 years, it was a good amount of time to find out what drinking was about, finding out what alcoholic drinks you liked or you didn't like or whatever, and having that experience. So one of the real reasons I decided to start abstaining from alcohol, and as they say, it's sober up, it really was my own personal choice because I started seeing my life slip away from me. I started seeing things that I probably wouldn't have let go had I not consumed alcohol. And it wasn't like I was addicted to alcohol and I wasn't like trying to to stop drinking like I had a like a like a there was something wrong with me and I had to have that next drink. It wasn't like that at all. It was these binge drinking incidents and these social gatherings where I would completely act a fool because I hadn't drank. So learning how to socially drink, it just wasn't there for me. It was a hard lesson to learn. I started I started a relationship and then I, that was my first real relationship and that lasted um, about two, two and a half years. And that first boyfriend I had, I lost because it was just, part of it had to do with alcohol, but part of it had to do with me trying to prove to people, especially myself, that I'm somebody who I wasn't. So a lot of that I didn't work through initially in the beginning. So I didn't know why the relationship ended. So then you just, you know, when you're not feeling good, you want to feel better. So you just turn to alcohol. Well, at least I did. So I would socially start going out again and start drinking and and this and that. But then I got into my second relationship. And then I was like, okay, cool. You know, I have somebody here with me. And then by this time I was a bar manager. So I was learning how to make drinks and, you know, make drinks at home and not really overdo it. But like, because I had to work the next day, like I didn't want to be in a mindset where I feel hungover and plant. Trust me, I had plenty of those like really bad, bad drinking hangovers to where I just didn't want to be at work trying to figure out myself and why I'm drinking. And, um, that second relationship lasted about two, two and a half years again. And it ended very badly it ended because I would say and do things when I was drinking that 
wasn't kosher with my partner. So my boyfriend wouldn't appreciate certain decisions I would make when I was sober and then they would be exemplified when I was drinking. So it's almost taking like something that's, you know, you could probably work through when you're not drinking and when you're in a sober mind to just completely making a mess like a bowl in a tea shop. Everything just crashes down when you're drinking. That's that's the problem I had. And I didn't really see that, you know, I had a drinking problem, but I knew that there was something wrong every time I drank, if that makes sense. So there would be instances where I would go, you know, sober for a month, two months, three months, six months, and then I would have that drink and then I would be like, okay, this is awesome. And then I would drink the next day again. And then I would go out that weekend and then I'd have a huge fight with my boyfriend for whatever reason. And a lot of that was me trying to please uh, my friends, me trying to please my myself and, and really just putting my partner's needs, uh, putting my partner's needs away in the relationship. You know, it's just us two. We both entered into relationships. So there's something I should be able to provide and support. And that wasn't, I was taking away from that. So there was a lot of um, regrets I had and I had to work through alone for me to be able to accept, okay, you know, you did this in the relationship. This is your responsibility. It didn't work out because of this, but now you know that and you're going to use that as a tool for the future. So that's how I worked through it. And it took about two years because I, it, it was a longer process than I had anticipated. Um, so in the second relationship, the, I did, I did lose my boyfriend due to alcohol. I do have to say that. I remember um, going sober, I would say probably a good six months, maybe. And then the day after Thanksgiving, well, the day of Thanksgiving, I was at my apartment and I invited my family over and we all, I had some wine that I got from one of the wine stores, I think it was Total Wine. And I invited my family over, you know, people who drank had a glass of wine, but then I had another and then I had another and then I finished the full bottle because there's only like four glasses in a bottle, right? And then I broke out another bottle. I was trying to drink, but I was also trying to get my partner to drink as well. And um, somebody with my body size, I don't weigh that much. My body mass isn't as much as somebody who can, you know, quote unquote, out drink you. So my body would feel the effects faster and I wouldn't be able to slow down because it would already be too late. So if I drink like four glasses of alcohol, you know, four glasses of red wine in one sitting, I'm already going to be gone 15, 20 minutes later. But in that 15, 20 minutes, I'm not feeling it. So I'm trying to you know, consume more. And it's just at this point a runaway train. I remember because let me just get it straight. So my first boyfriend I loved, my second boyfriend I loved, and I'm never going to feel any different about that. So just so that's out there. And which is one of the reasons why I decided to go sober. So I remember telling him a few months back, you know, I'm so sorry for drinking. I'm so sorry for um, choosing my friends over you. You know, one night he made a freaking awesome dinner. I work like 12 hours at the hotel, making sure everybody got their, their drinks and everything. And he was at home and it happened to be his day off. And he cooked this incredible meal and I'll never forget it. He was so excited and he was in his like home like attire like his pajamas or whatever I came home and I was super exhausted irritable tired didn't want to think about anything else and my feet were hurting 
so I was sitting there and then on the couch and, and he brought out this like roast from the oven and he had like green beans and mashed potatoes and he had some like dessert and, and some, some juice and, and soda. And so he had the whole dinner going, right? He was being a good partner and he was doing what he thought was a good thing for his partner. So as unappreciative as I was, I was sitting there like, just look, you know, just like, okay, he's just making dinner. And at this point it's like egotistical. It's, it's egocentric. I'm not thinking about him, about how he planned this meal, about how he went out of his way, spending his time and his money to appease his boyfriend. I'm thinking about me. I'm thinking about how I had a long day and my friends were coming into town and they wanted to go out and, you know, to the club and it's nothing they did. I don't, I just want to say that as well. It's nothing they did. They didn't, forced me to go out. They didn't ridicule me. They didn't, you know, make fun of me for not going out and for being in a relationship. They didn't do anything like that. It was my own doing and my own undoing. So, you know, I could have said, no, you know, let's hang out another week or another, you know, another time, or let's go get coffee or let's go to the park or let's go do something that doesn't involve alcohol. I didn't do any of that. So, I wanted to go out. So I was like, okay, you know, telling my friends, yeah, I'll meet you downtown. I'll meet you at the club. Let's go out. I'll I'll buy you a shot. Buy me a shot. You know, that whole thing. And granted, my boyfriend, you know, he could have gone out. He had plenty of invites to go out, but he didn't want to. I, I didn't understand that. He wanted to stay home, spend time with me, hang out, watch TV, just enjoy each other's company before we had to go to work. And I didn't understand the value of that. So I was just like, um, so he's like, are you going to go out? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go out. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to take a shower and then I'll meet him down there. Are you sure you don't want to go? And he's like, no, I'm not going to go. And I was like, okay, well, I'll be back later. Thank you for making the food. Um, I'll eat when I come back. And then he was just like, he was standing there and he was like, are you serious? I was like, um, yeah. And I had a really bad problem where I couldn't admit where I, when I was wrong. I had a really bad problem where I didn't like any type of criticism, even if it was constructive, even if it was for my own benefit, I couldn't, I couldn't take anybody saying or pointing anything at me with their fingers saying, this is what you're doing wrong. It was just not happening. I was so woefully, willfully ignorant. I was just like, no, I'm going to do what I want to do. And don't tell me how you feel. Don't tell me what you think. It was a really bad time in my life. And it took a lot of healing to get away from that person that I was. So I was standing there and he was like, are you serious? I was like, yeah. And he was like, I just cooked a whole dinner, Kevin. And I just spent my whole evening here making you dinner and you're going to leave. And I was like, well, I'll eat when I come back. And then he was like, no, that's right. That's fine. Go ahead, do your thing. And I was like, what's wrong? And he was like, just never mind." So he got on his shoes and he was like, have fun. And then he left and he went to his friend's house one of his best friends house and I was like whatever so I was out downtown having a good time um you know drinking dancing away you know woke up the next morning with a hangover um I texted him the next morning saying you know hey I got back safe um I hope everything's okay and he was like yeah no I'm fine so there was many things I put him through and one that stuck out for a huge reason one of the reasons why it stuck out so much was because when we broke up he was like, I, I tried to be there for you. I tried to do this for you. Um, you said you weren't going to drink for a while, but last night you ridiculed me in front of your family. I was like, no, I didn't. And I didn't remember. I had four glasses of wine and I don't remember if I had another after that. And he was like, yeah, you did. I was like, you know what? I 
don't remember you me saying anything like that. He was like, yeah, because you were blacked out. I was like, no, I'm pretty sure one of my family members would have said something if I was rude to you. He was like, no, no, they didn't say anything. My little, he's like, your little sister just came up and said, you know, um, we had fun being here. Sorry. You know, things went bad. And, um, and I was like, what do you mean? He was like, you were standing there and you were making fun of me and saying things about me. And you're treating me like, a, like, a, like you're treating me like crap, basically in front of your family. And we're sitting there and it was awkward and you just kept going and, and you kept drinking and then you walked off and then everyone was like, okay, you know, sorry. And he was like, I'd never felt that embarrassed and ashamed of myself in my life. He was like, I didn't expect that. I didn't, I didn't, he was like, I, I made dinner for you one time and you didn't appreciate it, but I didn't expect you to go this route and, and do that. I was like, well, I didn't do it. And he was like, yeah, you did. And at that point, again, you know, someone's trying to tell me something and I couldn't have told you whether or not I did did do or didn't, but I, it was one of those things where I was trying to deflect. I was trying to make it not as bad as it was, but it was, I knew he was hurt. He was hurt again. And I knew I was hurting him, but I was too proud to say, I'm sorry. I was too proud to say, I know sorry is not going to work. And I know this is awful. And I know that I said sorry before. And I knew I said I wasn't going to drink before, but it happened. And I don't know how to fix this. Like I, I couldn't do any of that. I didn't know how to do any of that. I was just like, Okay. And so my family, of course, they were leaving. They left after the dinner. Um, so that next day, that's when we had that talk. I remember distinctly, he walked into the extra room. I had an extra room, which I guess was in a guest room. It was a two bedroom apartment, like a, like a townhouse. He walked into the other room and he was just in there for a while. And I was like, Hey, what's going on? And he was like, nothing. I'm just thinking. And you can tell like he had this like heaviness in his heart and he was just he was just in there by himself so a couple hours went by and i was like well maybe things will be okay and and then um i went in there again and i sat down and i was like hey are you going to do you want to watch tv with me or anything he's like no and he was like kevin i tried to be there for you i've tried to be you know i tried to make dinner for you i've tried to hang out with you i've tried to give you my time but i can't do this anymore i can't be in this relationship with you. I can't, I can't, I can't deal with, with, with all of this basically. And he was struggling to find the words too. And he was sitting there and he was just like, you said you weren't going to drink anymore. And you said a lot of things that were hurtful to me. And you were making me act like I was basically the hired help and you're embarrassing me in front of your family. And he was like, I don't want to be with you anymore. And then I sat there and I knew it was coming because of the way I felt. I knew I did something wrong, but I couldn't fix it. It's like something broke and you can't glue it back together. You can't tape it together. It's like, it's done. You can't do it. That's how I felt. And I was like, you know what? I know. I said, I'm so sorry. I said, um, you know, as much as I wanted to stay in a relationship, I was like, you know what? I can't treat you like this and I can't go on like this. I said, I, I know I wasn't going to drink and I have a problem with not respecting what you say and not being able to mend things and being too proud and going back on my word. I said, I have a, I have a big issue with that. And when we both got in this relationship, we decided, you know, if either one of us doesn't want to be in it, you know, that's it. And I said, I can't force you to be in it. I said, you need to do what you need to do. I said, I know I need to learn the hard way. And he was like, okay. And, and he stayed around for like maybe a week or two until he could move all of his things. And then he walked out the door um, about two weeks later. And he wasn't there at the house very much um, during that time. And I just felt like this, 
like someone had just stuck their hand in my chest and ripped out my heart and my guts and I felt like empty. And I was just like, what did I do? What did I do? Why did I do this? Why am I like this? Why can't I fix this? I know it's not something that I can fix, but why did it have to get to this point? Um, and so after losing him and, and him leaving, it was something that I kind of went through this phase of like, like feeling like a failure. And then I felt, felt a sense of like guilt. And then I started feeling angry and, and that it wasn't like anger toward him for leaving. It was anger toward myself. It was like, it almost felt like I was two different people and they were fighting and they were fighting for reason. Basically they were fighting for dominance. It felt like the person who was irresponsible was trying to convince myself, my psyche that, you know, these things happen and it's okay. Go ahead and go out and drink, go ahead and do your thing. You'll find somebody else. And then the other side of me is like, well, if you do that, you're never going to figure out why you're like this. You're never going to figure out the root cause of, of the issue. You're always going to be like this if you can't figure it out. So it was a sense of turmoil and it took me about, and this is the reason why when I say that, you know, when I went off of social media for a year and a half to two years, it was because of this. It was a lot of turmoil within myself and my soul fighting with each other, trying to really figure out where I wanted my next step to go and my direction to go. And one thing was embarrassing out of, out of all that initially, and it was losing my partner. So I had to tell my family, my friends that I'm single, that he broke up with me. And of course the questions would come, right? Why, why did he break up with you? Um, what did he do? What did he do? You know, what did he do? There was always this sense of me telling my story, but me not being able to empathize and put myself in his shoes and tell his story in our conversations. So when I broke the news and I was like, you know, you know, so-and-so is not with me anymore. They were like, what did he do? Well, you know, it's okay. You don't, you know, you don't, they didn't say you don't need him, but it was very like, well, you'll be okay. They were very supportive of me, right? They, They had my back, which sounds good, but my heart lied in the relationship. So even though it sounds good that they had my back, I wanted them to have his back too, because he meant a lot to me. And I just couldn't say that. I couldn't tell him that. I couldn't show it. I there, I wouldn't allow myself to get to that point because of issues I haven't worked out. I just couldn't get there mentally and emotionally. I just couldn't allow myself to be available for him and really, you know, make it as a couple. So whenever I broke the news to them, you know, that he and I had, had departed ways, they were like, what did he do wrong? And it was that's when I knew the first reflection of what I had painted and what I was doing um, up to that point in my life. And it was really telling a story that wasn't including the good parts of what a person does. And it wasn't including their story about their account of my actions. It wasn't holding myself accountable. And accountability is a valuable life learned skill. Thank you so much for joining me, guys. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Stay happy, stay healthy, and I'll talk to you guys next weekend. All right? Bye, guys. Excuse Podcast is an all-original program. Any similarities in story outside of the podcast is purely coincidental. No portion of the content has been intentionally reproduced, and all views and opinions are that of the content creator and owner.